0: I know that it is only May, but this game has so much importance and so much significance to not just the Big Ten, but the world of college football, that I want to get a fan base check-in with each of these teams, preview the game, talk about it, because 24-7 sports and other preseason college football magazines released their 2023 picks for preseason bowl projections, which obviously, because that includes playoff games, those picks imply who they think is going to win the matchup that will take place in Ann Arbor. ESPN's FPI also has projections. I have my own projections. And really, at this point, it's like, why not? Why not talk about the game? I think... For some context, that the 2023 matchup between Michigan and Ohio State, I think that it will be the biggest game in the country yet again. Except I think this time it will be closer. I think that Ohio State this year schematically is more built to deal with Michigan than in the previous two years. Their defense is going to be better. They're going to have more of a power run game where the interior of their O-line will be the focus of the run game, will be the focal point rather than the tackles, which I think will be because, A, Justin Fry's offensive line is more power-based than stretch-based, B, because Ohio State's tackle situation is far worse than their guard and center situation— So it would just make sense if they had more of a power run game anyway. More of a, ironically, more of like a Michigan run game where you pound it, you like to run it up the middle, you only test on the outside if necessary. Instead of what typically Ohio State has done is the inverse. They don't like running it up the middle. They like trying to get big, explosive speed and space plays. Well, I don't think this offensive line is going to allow for much of that. But if Williams can stay healthy, and if Chip Traynham gets involved in the run game more, those are two backs with power capability with that offensive line. I just think Ohio State and Michigan are going to be built more similarly this year, which will result in less of a mismatch than we've seen in years prior. And I also think both teams are going to be better than they were in their 2022 editions think for Ohio State that originates from the defense I think obviously from what we've seen in the spring game what we've seen from Kyle McCord before I don't know if he will approach what C.J. Stroud accomplished at Ohio State where he was the school's best passer in the Ryan Day era and potentially in Ohio State history he's like the best most polished passer but defensively with the amount of starters returning And with Jim Knowles being in year two, I have no doubt that the defense will be better. And for Michigan, it's the fact that they're number five in returning production. Michigan should get better everywhere. The difference between Michigan and Ohio State last year is Michigan really had no critical weakness. In fact, their biggest weakness in the playoff game against TCU, I think, was more than not of their arrogance and their lack of preparation for TCU along with obviously a reliance on the run game, and it was clear in the TCU game, surprisingly not in the Ohio State game, but it was clear in the TCU game that Blake Corum's injury certainly hurt the team, that Kalel Mullings and C.J. Stokes were not up to task for dealing with a top-four team, and the staff did not prepare well for TCU's 3-3-5 defense or their air raid offense, consistently over-pursuing and letting Quinton Johnson get wide open and create big plays on what were short to medium passes. Michigan really didn't have too many weaknesses, too many things to fix for the 2023 preseason. Ohio State has much more room to improve, in my opinion, than Michigan did from 2022 to 2023. So I'm excited to see these two teams face off against each other. I'm obviously a Michigan fan, but I have much respect for Ohio State for what Ryan Day is doing down there, what Urban Meyer did down there before he departed. Jim Tressel, ever since, really ever since Jim Tressel came, Ohio State has been the premier program in the Big Ten. And this Michigan team, or series of teams under Jim Harbaugh, have really been the only series of teams that have consistently challenged Ohio State since Mark D'Antonio's 2013 to 2015 teams, and with Michigan's recruiting and their greater resources, there's a much better chance that they can consistently challenge Ohio State compared to Michigan State in the D'Antonio era, where they lacked recruiting and lacked resources from the school compared to the Wolverines. So long term, I think the new 10-year war is on. I can't wait to see who ends up outperforming the other. I'm not a Michigan fan who thinks that it's now impossible for Ohio State to beat Michigan, we have seen Ohio State dominate Michigan before, and we have seen that streak be broken, that streak actually being smashed and having a 2x4 broken over its back in the past two years where Michigan beat Ohio State by 15 and 22 points respectively, forcing Ohio State to have the red zone struggles that Michigan seemed to have all year, and just breaking Ohio State's defense over and over again. But will this happen this year? Well, to the to that, I don't know exactly, because I think to give a detailed score prediction breakdown as if these two teams are guaranteed to be 11-0 entering the game would be quite ridiculous. I do think both teams will be 11-0 entering the game. I both think they'll actually handily beat Penn State. I don't think Penn State will play either of these two teams close. That might be a controversial take, given that Penn State played Ohio State close last year, and they played Michigan close for about two and a half quarters. However, Penn State loses more production than both of these teams. They break in a new quarterback. I know Ohio State does too, but Ohio State has a reputation at recruiting for and developing at the position. That Penn State does not necessarily have. Drew Aller was their first highly touted quarterback recruit since Christian Hackenberg nearly a decade ago. I don't view the Big Ten East race as just a two man race. I do think Penn State is in there. I just think that they're significantly behind these two teams. They're not out of the race by any stretch. They're in that third place, I think, for a reason. And it's not your typical third place where it's just like a participation award, whatnot. They're an underdog, but I think they're a legitimate contender, given Drew Aller at quarterback, but more importantly, given their returning production at O-line, given their running back room, and given their returning starters on defense as well. Ohio State and Michigan also both have top 40 transfer portal classes, so both schools are adapting to the world of the transfer portal, I don't know too much about either school's NIL situation. I know both have had their fair share of struggles, but I also know that both of these universities have some of the largest and wealthiest fan bases in the nation, so I have no doubt that their players on the team, not necessarily high school recruits, but I I know for a fact that their players who play for the team are well taken care of not just in strength and conditioning, but also in the NIL. Department. They're also well taken care of in their education, as both universities are some of the best in the country. But whatever. This game is huge. I cannot say that enough. I cannot say that enough. And I'm super excited for it to come in the last week of November. And I think that looking at these two teams and how they match up, I think that both have the potential to have the best running back room and defensive line, and linebacker room in the country. That's what they share in common. Both of these teams have loaded front sevens, and they have loaded running back rooms. If we were to separate the offensive line into tackle, guard, and center, both could contend for having the best guard duo in the nation. Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones for Ohio State. Jackson was great, semi-elite. Matthew Jones was above average to good. Zach Zinner and Trevor Keegan were both elite. However, to go back to Ohio State, Donovan Jackson was a five-star out of high school, so you got that very high ceiling there. And Justin Fry proved this year that he's good at developing an offensive line. Ohio State's O-line improved from 2021 into 2022, in my opinion. So these teams have solid trench play defensively. And offensively, the only reason I didn't include Ohio State for offensive line was because of their tackle situation. They lost two, two NFL caliber tackles, and they also lost their center. And they only brought in, they brought in Victor Cutler and one other offensive lineman from San Diego State in the transfer portal that were not ranked nearly as high as Michigan's incoming transfer offensive lineman in center Drake Nugent and... I think it's either guard or tackle, but I think they're both tackles. Ladarius Henderson and Miles Hinton. But in the modern world of college football, you can switch up guard and tackle play, obviously, depending on the scheme. And then for Michigan, their defensive back room, if they can get the corner opposite of Will Johnson figured out, currently it's between Amorian Walker and Jaden McBurrows, I think they could have the best secondary in the nation, Michigan has proven time and time again they're up there when it comes to offensive line development. I don't know what it is, whether it's a Big 12 defense or an SEC defense that is just able to maul Michigan's offensive line. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's poor planning. I mean, there is there is something to the poor planning thing with Jim Harbaugh only winning one bowl game at Michigan. There's something about his postseason preparation that just isn't good. But in the regular season, which the regular season is the only reason why you can play for the college football playoff, your success is determined in the regular season. If you're the best team at the end of the year, but you're four and eight, you miss a bowl game, even if for whatever reason you end up being the best team at the end of the year. Consistency pays off. and Michigan's offensive line in the regular season for two years in a row has been the most consistent and the best in the regular season. Where Ohio State's unique in all of this is their wide receiver room. Michigan's wide receivers cannot even compare to Ohio State's wide receivers. Ohio State is Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming, and Jaden Ballard. I think that for sure Igbuka and Harrison would be wide receiver number one at Michigan. Fleming and Ballard might have some competition for wide receiver one at Michigan, but I'm pretty confident they'd at least be wide receiver two more likely than not they'd be wide receiver one. Ohio State's in a completely different universe from, I'd argue, the rest of the country when it comes to their wide receiver room, thanks to now offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach Brian Hartline. And speaking of Brian Hartline, both of these schools will contend also for the nation's best coaching staff. Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh are certainly top 10 head coaches, I would argue both of them are top five. I think there are only three head coaches currently. If you if you take more into account the present and you take less into a, an account the past, because if you include the past, then Dabo Swinney has to be in your top 25. I don't take the past into account much, which is why I don't even have Jimbo Fisher as like a top 30 head coach, and why Dabo Swinney for me is just a top 15, top 10 coach. Currently, pretty sure he's top 10, but I'd have to check. I think that Nick Saban, Kirby, Smart at one and two, respectively. I love Kyle Whittingham at number three and what he's done at Utah. I think it's fair to put Jim Harbaugh at four, Ryan Day at five. Both of these schools have top five head coaches. Sharon Moore is an underrated offensive coordinator, and Jesse Minter, if he ended up beating TCU in that semifinal game should have won the Broyles Award. That TCU win proved that Garrett Riley deserved that award, but he was one of the front runners for the Broyles Award. Ohio State is Jim Knowles at defensive coordinator who led the nation's best defense in 2021 with Oklahoma State, who led the nation in sacks with over 50. And obviously you got Brian Hartline as the offensive coordinator, who's the best wide receivers coach in the nation, period, amen. I think he'll have a solid year for play calling. And if not... Ryan Day in that Georgia game, and really for every year he's been at Ohio State, has shown that he has elite play calling potential. Michigan is slightly favored currently by betters, and they're ranked unanimously at number two in basically everyone's post spring top 25. Michigan was at, I think, as low as three, maybe four in some early top 25s that were released in the winter, but currently, They're unanimously number two. I'm one of the few, maybe the only who has them at number one. I'm probably the only one for sure that has Georgia at number three, and one of the few that still have Ohio State at number two. Ohio State dropped out of many top fours after their spring game performance, and with just some uncertainty at running back and tackle as well, that played a role into it too. But their preseason rankings, if Ohio State and Michigan go out and both win 11 games entering the game, there's a very good chance that both will once again go into the college football playoff, regardless of who wins or loses. Michigan last I checked was favored by a point, maybe two, not by much, but because of the home field advantage, they were favored over the Buckeyes. Michigan, if they met in a neutral field with Ohio State or in Columbus, partially because Ohio State is the bigger fan base, And I would say, to a large degree, actually, the more committed fan base, they'd have more money, so you gotta weigh weigh the, the odds and the spread accordingly, but also because Ohio State has recruited better, and recruiting and star talent, since there's a definite correlation causation between recruiting well and winning well, Ohio State's edge with their fan base size, which means they have more money and their recruiting is why they'd be favored on a neutral field, and also their own home field. And then the Buckeyes, you see this in power rankings too. In fact, they're favored to win the game handily if you look at ESPN's FPI. ESPN's FPI, in theory, would favor Ohio State to be favored by 10 points over Michigan in a neutral site game which I think is crazy. I don't think any of these teams, Ohio State or Michigan, would be favored by more than double digits on a neutral field, let alone their own home fields. Maybe due to matchups, one could blow out the other, as we saw last year in Columbus, but I think that's less likely to occur this year And if you played that game over and over again last year in 2021, well, I'm confident Michigan would have won by a wide margin in Games 1 in their 2021 and 2022 matchups, there are certainly scenarios where Ohio State wins those games, or they lose to Michigan, but maybe by 3 or 7 points. Anyway, Ryan Day is given a 71.4% chance to walk in Ann Arbor and win this coming season. And the reason I pause there is because I myself i am kind of shocked by that. that. that to me, that's shocking. I mean, you look at it and the fact that Jim Harbaugh has outscored, he has he has a I think a 30 yeah, a 37 point margin of victory in 2021 and 2022 combined, and yet odds makers not odds makers, but ESPN's quote unquote unbiased analytics are giving Ohio State close to a 3 out of 4 chance to go on the road, in Michigan, and win. Which means that if this game was at a neutral site, or if this game was in Columbus, it would probably be closer to 4 out of 5, dare I say it, maybe even 9 out of 10. That's That right there is, in my opinion, it's pretty crazy. To a certain degree, it's understandable, because again, Ohio State more than beats Michigan in just terms of raw talent and recruiting. I'm not going to be someone who says that it will be impossible for Ohio State to walk into Ann Arbor and win, but if Ohio State is indeed better than Michigan, unless it's by a wide margin, the likelihood they go into Ann Arbor and win, likely it'll be a game that is in the snow, because that happens in November, would probably be closer to 50-50. Which in Ann Arbor, if it's 50 50, that means Ohio State is the better team because home field advantage gives you around a field goal, maybe more if you're at a big stadium like Michigan, Ohio State. I'd argue if you're at be- Beaver Stadium in Penn State, you probably get a whole touchdown if you're Penn State and you play at home in Beaver Stadium. Harbaugh needs to win this game if he wants to win a national title. And if Ryan Day wants to not be on a hot seat entering 2024, or at least have the competitive pressure go away from him, he needs to win this game. The matchup between these two teams will no doubt be entertaining. No doubt there'll be a lot of anticipation, a lot of momentum building up to this game. And I look at it, and I think that, in my opinion, these two teams are 1-2 in the country. Michigan 1, Ohio State 2. I think Michigan is a mental edge over Ohio State, along with a matchup and schematic advantage. And the fact that it's in Ann Arbor, in my opinion, I look at this, and everything's really pointing Michigan's way. But that's also what scares me, because my team under Harbaugh, not just under Harbaugh, but in general for the past several decades, in the biggest moments as we've seen versus TCU... When really they win that game nine times out of ten, they fold. They fold. You've seen it time and time again. And Jim Harbaugh, he finally had a winning record against top ten teams last year in his eighth year. Ryan Day at least has won playoff games before, crushing Clemson in 2020. And Ryan Day has won multiple great games on the road, too. So, Going back to it, both of these coaches, as I was just saying to a certain degree, they have their strengths, they have their weaknesses. I think that while everything favors Michigan on paper, it's just on paper, and that's also something where that can give Ohio State an edge. Because when Ohio State's an underdog, they typically do well. And last year's Peach Bowl game against Georgia was nearly the embodiment of that where Ohio State was very close to blowing out a team that was unanimously number one. In fact, they were blowing them out for three and a half quarters. It was, quite, it was quite the sight to see. These two teams, in my opinion, will have top three offenses and defenses. I think Michigan will have the best defense. They will have a near elite to elite offense, but I think it will be well a step behind Ohio State's, especially in terms of play calling. Actual on-field talent will be closer than many will think, but I know for a fact that Ryan Day and Brian Hartline is a play-calling duty duo, and Sharon Moore and Jim Harbaugh, pitting them against each other in general, Ryan Day and Brian Hartline are going to be better at that. And where Michigan is slightly or by a decent chunk of a margin ahead of Ohio State when it comes to offensive line play— and to a certain degree, tight end play. Ohio State is so far ahead of Michigan in terms of wide receiver play that Michigan can't even see Ohio State wide receiver play. Number three offense and number one defense for Michigan, number one offense, and I think Ohio State's defense is going to go from top 25, and you're going to take the two out of there, and it's going to be a top five defense. Ohio State's defense will be third overall behind Michigan's, and behind Georgia's. Both teams return more than two-thirds of their production from 2022. Ohio State barely surpassing that two-thirds mark with 67% of their 2022 production returning. The Wolverines return 81% of their 2022 production. These two teams have experience. Their coaching staffs largely remained intact. George Hilo and Matt Weiss are no longer with the Michigan program. Kevin Wilson is no longer with the Ohio State program. Matt Weiss and George Hilo parted ways with Michigan. Weese was really technically fired for some I don't know what it was, but it was something very something very suspicious. And then George Hilo just parted ways with the program. No other explanation needed. Kevin Wilson was hired away to be the head coach at Tulsa. So you got staff continuity. Both head coaches are there. The current offensive and defensive coordinators for each respective school were on staff last year. Michigan retained both of their main coordinators. Weiss, in my opinion, was secondary to Sharon Moore. And Brian Hartline was already an integral part of the offensive staff. And his role as wide receivers coach, it really was bigger than that. The amount of elite recruiting and development that he has done for Ohio State is just phenomenal. And Ryan Day is still there. I know that he's giving up play calling duties or at least he's going to share them with Brian Hartline, but he's still there. He has elite play calling potential and if he needs to step in, he'll probably be more than happy to step in, which may be a good thing. Maybe it won't be a good thing. We'll have to see. I think again that both of these teams will enter 11 and one, not 11 and one, 11 and 0. One of them will have to finish 11 and one. One will be 12 and two or 12 and 0. I think that Michigan will be the team that wins this football game. And Michigan's ranked number one in my potential power index, and Ohio State's ranked number two in my potential power index. So my power rankings and my actual top 25 matchup with these two teams. But no doubt, the 2023 edition of the game will be one for all to see. It will be an elite matchup, and I'm very excited for it. Thank you for watching. If you're new to the channel, or if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment your thoughts on this video down below, and comment your prediction for the game as well. Thank you all for watching, and if you're listening via Spotify, make sure to follow the channel. Have a great day, guys.